This is TV Black Box, bringing you the inside goss from the TV industry. Hello and welcome to this special edition of TV Black Box as we come to you from the 7 Up front. Uh, Rob McKnight here. I've got Mog, I've got Sadja and Tim Burrows from Unmade. Hello, everyone. I'm not from Unmade, but hello, Robert. <laughs> I'm coming to you tonight from the land of the Gadigal people and I'd like oh, to pay my respects. Oh, for fuck's sake. Oh, come on, Rob. <laughs> what do you want from me? Um, okay, Tim Burrows, first thoughts about the 7 Up front. I would say that... We weren't expecting any surprises, and Seven delivered. <laughs> that is a fair summary, I think. Um, look, I, I feel a bit like one of those comedy characters who's influenced by whoever they were talking to last. <laughs> and I, I always go into an upfront thinking, well, they've got to have nothing to say. It's going to be doom. And then you find you, the music starts, the, the mid-tempo rap yeah, starts, the, yeah. the Eminem cover, and you start feeling yourself kind of swept away thinking, well, it is a fair point. They have got some good AFL rights coming up. The cricket is a good place to have to... They but have got some good true. heritage. The, so I, I get swept along. Yes, but the idea that they get a 30-second commercial break after uh, a goal is scored in the AFL and a wicket is taken in the cricket, that is pretty powerful for an advertiser. That they, their argument, I mean, what was the phrase I think we heard was along the lines of the most powerful 30 seconds in sport or yeah, something. Yeah. But certainly that was, the, you know, that was one of the arguments I remember James Warburton making earlier in the year when he was kind of downplaying a little bit the success of the Matildas, although it was their, their rating success, yeah, was yeah. you can't show ads during the game. Whereas obviously in AFL and cricket you can. And, you know, I guess one of the things that really became clear and obvious tonight, which we all knew logically already, is the most important assets that Seven has got is AFL and cricket. You know, yeah. by a by a long way, life sport is the thing that still rates um, in a kind of changing environment. So, so yeah, I, I hey, look, I just thought they did a really good job of making the best of what they've got. And and Sonia Kruger and Chris Brown in that order after the cricket and the and after the AFL and the cricket as far as important assets. Um, Sager, for you, what stood out from this very, like, middle-of-the-road presentation, real, apart from Seven being number one in everything still? I think Rob put it quite aptly earlier, and it's that Seven's already number one, so they don't need to try too hard compared to the other networks to prove why they deserve advertising dollars. Well, I, think, I think the point is that when you are number one, You've got the foundations, so you don't really... You're building on those foundations. So there's never... When you're number one, there's never going to be a lot of new product. And so we saw the Bondi show, which I'm sceptical of. It sounds a bit like Byron Bay's, um, which I don't know that I'm here for. Um, I'm watching the current season of Big Brother in the UK and I'm loving the Back to Basics format. But this sexy one is not going to be that, is it? No, I don't know that as a 50-year-old man, and maybe I'm not Seven's Market, that I want to be watching 20-somethings getting it on. So, or maybe I do, you know. (laughs) To each their own, McKnight. 
And let's remember when we talk about number one, a lot of the people who come along to the upfronts, in fact, the vast majority, they're from media agencies yes. or they're marketers. Yeah. And what they're most interested in is how the network's performing their demographic. Yeah, yeah. And that's where certainly nine would argue the key battleground is 25 to 54, where nine will be claiming a victory. So, that, yeah. so you know, it's, it's not as cut and dried as one winner in total people decides your winners. Yeah. yeah. Mark, I want to get your feedback to this whole idea. Seven Plus played a big part tonight and this idea that you might watch a show, home, let's say Home and Away, and you might get a two-minute commercial break. I could watch the same episode and get a 45-second commercial break because it's tailoring to our interests. That seemed like a bit of a game-changer to me. Look, I think that anything that any of the networks can do to their Bevite and catch-up services to make them more personalised is going to be a winner. Because what's the current argument, apart from how kludgy some of the interfaces are and, and those sorts of things. The, the secondary issue that pops up is it's the same fucking ad. Every ad break. Like, don't give me that. So if, if all of a sudden I'm going to get the opportunity based on my account and them trolling through the cookies from my browser as far as what I'm interested in to say, here's three ads that suit the things that you're into versus Rob's uninterested in um, puppies and he gets an ad from RSPCA um, and on goes with the show. Like, I think that's completely reasonable and really smart and a good use of the technology and data they have to hand now. And some of the things they're looking at for 7 Plus, like the start again, which Nine already has, yep. where you can start the show that's already in progress, but the ability to rewind, and there seem to be a lot of new features that they're trying to bring up for the 7 Plus app. Uh, all still to come, yes. They not, but they've got a, clearly got a roadmap because they're talking to us about it. Yes. And I think that that stuff is... I acknowledge straight away that when we're comparing it to the, the paid streamers, we're not streaming live stuff from them. And all of the stuff that we're talking about in a 9 now, 7 plus, 10 play situation, when I'm catching See, up on I an old episode... I, okay. think, I think some people are streaming live because a lot of people are cutting the court. They don't have aerials anymore. I don't know. No. I just mean that apart from Stan Sport, where you'd be watching live sport... When I'm watching the latest episode of Billions, if I want to rewind it, start over, do whatever, doesn't matter. But when I'm tuned into The Masked Singer or I'm tuned into The Voice and I've come in late, I want it, or I've come in here and I've forgotten all of that, I want it to go yes. back yeah. or I missed that thing go back. Yeah. For live TV, that is not a possibility on 7 Plus right now, but will change and will be an important part of the process. Hey, look, the other thing is for how long live TV is the thing. Yeah. This almost feels like the first upfront, certainly from Seven, where they've been really embracing a future where most of their audience may not be watching the same show at the same time. Right. You know, yes, absolutely, that will happen in live sport, but we, we are reaching that point where, and you know, the latest jargon is fast, free, ad-supported television. Yeah. You know, this this channel-based streaming. We are reaching that point. Let's let's say by 2030, nobody will be watching television over the airwaves so why would they be watching shows at the same time except if it's genuinely live I, I, well this is the point I agree with that 100% but it's that live content like if you look at Seven's programming slate or Nine's you've got 
news in the morning at 5am, then you've got sunrise, then you've got the morning show, then you've got morning news. Now, yes, there is a gap between 12 and, and then till the 4 o'clock news. But I do think there is a place for live television because that is a driver of audiences because you want to be informed about what's happening now. But outside of that, Tim, you are 100% right that we are all watching different things. When we're, when we're logging on to our streaming services, I'm watching Gogglebox UK while oh. someone else is watching. We're already seeing it, right? We, we know from the numbers every night that in a primetime context, we're watching the news, we're hanging around for seven o'clock because it's a thing, and then we're watching the reality show of choice if we're hanging around, and then after that, fucking off to go and watch something on a streamer or a catch-up service or whatever, whatever. So we're halfway down the cutting the, the antenna cable. Sedger, I, I bet you're more than halfway in that direction, aren't you? In terms of not tuning into Ariel? Yeah. Look, I know I'm sort of in a Gen Z category, but I think some of my habits, sort of, a little bit old school, uh, I do it from time to time. Definitely tune into Ariel and watch 7 p.m. news. But quite frankly, most of the time I'm on streaming services. Yeah, yeah. And it's not, it's not just like a Gen Z or a millennial thing. It's everybody. No, no, that's right. Yeah, I mean, some of the people I talk to who are, you know, in their 40s or their 50s, they're the most prolific watchers. They're, they're, they're the ones who actually have the money to be subscribed to every streaming service under yes. the sun. They're, they're the market that I think should be really considered because everyone sort of thinks it's all it's a habit of people in their sort of early 20s or so on. I think it's absolutely false. It's a real, it's a behaviour, social behaviour that transgresses age groups oh. or demographics. And I think I think it's the best thing that the, the networks have done and it's now biting them in the arse a bit that have weaned us onto this notion that you can watch whatever you want if you jump on our streaming service. You can do all of that whenever you want, however you feel like it. And because they're all shouting about these massive libraries that they've done deals to make sure they've got gear for... And, and like tonight, Seven we're talking about was that over 55% of the Seven Plus content is not ever linear broadcast in Australia and nearly 80% of it has only been broadcast on Seven. Like there's a whole bunch of that. And so if you're a fan of niche US show that hasn't showed up anywhere else and Seven have got the deal for it, well, you're in, right? You're going to be going to watch that thing and get involved in that. And that means that you're stealing away viewers from your linear broadcast product. So I'm not tuning into SS Australia. I'm not tuning into The Voice. And that really catches you in that position where because Seven particularly don't have a paid subscription streaming service to lean into, they have to prioritise and jump up and down about 7 Plus. Well, I've got a bit of a question. So I recently watched all of Devious Mates on 7 Plus. Sure. And there was a sort of curious thing where there were so many ad breaks. But the ad breaks were like 80% other seven content on 7 Plus. So like The Good Witch and Desperate Housewives yeah, yeah. and all that. They're not making money from that. What's what? What's the but equation there? But it's driving you to other 7 Plus content where there will be commercials. There's an but also data. They are yeah. learning your yeah. viewing patterns. Right. There, there is an interesting thing happening in the UK where they are offering you the ability to not have ads by paying a premium subscription service. So like with your like ITVs, yeah, so with your ITV, for example, you can watch Big Brother with ads or without ads. And that's not somewhere where the Australian 
commercial broadcasters have gone with their websites yet? Hey, look, on, on that point, I would 100% pay for an option to stream something like Survivor or The Traitors. Yeah, yeah. Ten shows as it happens, but without ads. Um, you know, rather than having to, you know, remember... You can, it's called yeah. Paramount Plus. Yes, or, or, <laughs> well, yeah, but I don't think, for instance, you get the current series of The Traitors when it goes out. Oh. Um, and then I'm like, oh, I forgot to record it on my Foxtel box, so I can't fast forward through it. And so, do you know Survivor? You get, there's a there's a window because nine have got the broadcast yes, right. correct. And I think that's the that's the other issue. And just to pick up on, on Sedge's points about the, the ad load and the high mm, kind of yeah. effectively house ads, I suspect it might be a limitation of just the way things are coded is that they insert those ad breaks and for some consumers they know a lot about they'll probably say okay this person is 25.54 they you know spend on their credit card and buy groceries so therefore there are ads that want to be served and then then there are other people viewing they either know less about or they just you know aren't as valuable to advertisers who get the house ads so that might be what's going on for Sedger is there might just be fewer advertisers who know enough about how they're interested to advertise to her before we wrap it up, what was our big takeout from the seven upfronts? Mark, I'll start with you. The, the content schedule is very nostalgia, existing brand heavy. They've is lots that of, a bad thing? Um, it's not bad. It, it would be way better if a lot of those brands were performing better for seven. They're consistent and so they're doing well. They're the number one network. Yeah, but are they? But hang on, but they are the number one Asterisk. Network. No, no, they are the number one network, so what brands aren't performing? SAS Australia is consistently second. Yeah. Um, Pharma did well. It won most of its time slots. The Voice won. The Blinds lost everything else and then picked up for the finale. Um, what's the other thing that they but got? But overall, Australian Idol did all right. Well, right? They're cons- it is a consistent battle between 7 and 9 at 7.30pm. That's okay. And that's fine. And and that's good because they're going to deliver more of what they think people are wanting. I think the reflection is that they're also not risking the biscuit by giving us anything super new because they've had some tough times with new product this year. But when when you are in a position to claim the number one mantle, you've got a strong foundation. Asterisk. You are in a strong position, right? So you've got the foundations. So presumably, and the point I was making about no surprises at the beginning of this podcast is the point that they didn't really need to reinvent the wheel because they're building on their success. And that's fine. And I think that 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 is why we're getting return seasons of, and I'm super stoked that RFDS is returning. Great Aussie drama, season three. Hopefully we'll get season four. We'll we'll, we'll know in a year, I guess. the two new shows, a pro and a con. I thought it was great to see Chris Brown in ostensibly a dream house sizzle. Um, I, it showed that the show is in safe hands. It gave us a good taster yep. for what that's going to be. I think that's going to do pretty good. Lots of people will rub a neck for that. A Stranded on Honeymoon Island is the most thinly veiled Married at First Sight Million Dollar Island crossover I've ever seen. And I think, I, of course, I will watch the first couple of eps. But if I only ever go away from having seen the sizzle reel they showed us tonight, I will be happy that is all I need to see. I'm pretty sure I remember an episode of 30 Rock where they had a show called Milf Island. Yes! <laughs> and that's now a show! 30 Rock sucks. It is not funny. Hi, Robbo. <laughs> I'm really doubting I your judgment you now. 
Hey Robbo. They're on my side. It's good to see you. Hope you're well. Love you, mate. Um, okay, what was your take on? Look, I can't help but be intrigued by the whole Western Australia spiel. Oh. Like, obviously, yep. Seven owns the West Australian, and that's why it's sort of perfect. No, they own event. Western Australia. Uh, well, it's it's because it's, it's a view that so obviously comes from the proprietor, Kerry Stokes. Uh, but you wouldn't see nine or ten having, de- like, you know, dedicating a whole like three to five minutes all about the fact that they've got a strong presence yep. in this vast rural state in Australia, the biggest state in Australia. You know, it's so obvious that it just comes from this uh, subjective sort of heritage factor of the business. I, I think I, they know. also have to reinforce that they've got that and that's an important, you know, uh, part of their product offering. Yeah, but nine has a presence in Perth too. And, and Adelaide and Melbourne and Sydney and yeah. Brisbane and I know and that's the problem, right? Why is it a problem? Because seven don't. Okay. So seven don't have newspapers in all of those other places. Yes. And acknowledge that that came out of a recent, you know, purchase, merger, whatever yep. you want to call it. Um, but I think that's, that's the challenge is that at nines up front, so we've got a really clear view. I'm sorry to hijack it, guys. Um, a really clear view that, hey, we're a, a media company, television, newspapers, online, radio. Seven go, we are a media company and we have a newspaper in Perth. Yeah. Don't forget us. It's valid, it's important, but it's like, it, it just is missing a couple of key pieces on the table, right? All right, Tim, what was your takeout? Okay, two, two takeouts very quickly. First one, I had exactly the same takeout as Rob. We came in expecting not very much new, and we weren't disappointed. <laughs> and the second one, and this is a lot more minor, but this is something I'm just going to be drilling into in the day's future, is something which they almost just let drift by. This launch of Streamer, which yeah. seems to be... Co- and that's coming out of the West. It's coming out of the publishing side. As far as I can say, it, it, it's kind of lower tier sports, um, even kind of like school sports, that sort of thing. Which I'm deeply uncomfortable with. I think community sports and, you know, that kind of stuff. But broadcasting, you know, the first 15s of school versus school, that's dangerous. Well, why, is why, why is that dangerous? They're children. No, no. But I, I've done... So, um, I, I occasionally do uh, streaming games, and my wife does streaming sure. games for News Corp, where the, the local football clubs, um, basically we send a camera there and they stream the games and we put them through the News Corp websites. Yep. Um, and this seems very reminiscent of that, and I don't see the problem with that because there is a genuine audience for that. Yeah, it's small, genuine. My concern primarily is that it is young people under the age of 18 who haven't, their parents haven't offered any consent, and I'm speaking out of turn, maybe they have it just strikes me I don't need to see like the Midlands under 12 soccer team play another under 12 soccer team. Uh, uh, News Corp have had a lot of success with this where people are going uh, are paying subscription fees to be able to see little Jimmy sure. playing playing the right, sure football for, game. For grandma and auntie yeah, yeah, and, and you know people can watch it overseas, and and they're not. You know, they don't do amazing streaming numbers, but what they do do is get people to sign up 
And and I have not heard of one complaint from the stuff I've been doing because I've got my studio on the Gold Coast. Sure. I have not been heard one complaint of people going, how dare you film little Jimmy? It's more a case of, oh, I get to see little Jimmy yeah. doing his thing and I can watch it back. I straight up acknowledge that for them to stream kids' games, yeah, young people under 18, they may have spoken to the club and hopefully have got all sorts of oh, things I signed. I, I can't even say that that's yeah. happened. All I know is that they have, from the News Corp perspective, they have done a deal to be able to stream these. It's just a small piece. Hey, as someone who has had to stand on a sideline and watch sport on a cold, rainy day, I'd much rather sit in the car and watch it on my uh, on my, my iPhone instead. Yeah, well played. Well played. I mean, take it for as well. I agree. I think that there's capacity in what streamer is, and it's that's a story they're really just starting to tell to the nation. Um, and I think that there's going to be all sorts of clubs that are going to want to buy into that so that their games are broadcast because we think we're the red hot. So my takeout from the upfronts was, as I said at the beginning, no real surprises, but what it showed was a confident network that is number one, that is happy with where it's at, but is striving to do better for advertisers. And I, I, I think I think the takeout from this is the te- technological side. The Phoenix, which they made a bit of fun with. Yeah, yeah. I, I know that <laughs> and it's been coming from a while for a while and Tim you can probably talk more to that. But I think the original code for it was carved on tablets that Moses <laughs> brought down from the mountain. <laughs> But what I took away from this was a confident network who's number one and is looking for ways to get advertisers' value. And, and really, and, and put up a strong case, and a Mel, a Schilling especially, who came from the side of being a media buyer, she was a standout to saying, I've now looked under the hood and I believe that you should be... This is Mel Hopkins you talk yeah. about. Oh, my, Mel Schilling was on maps. Formally. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry, we're talking about... You know, everybody knows me in vagueness, so, you know... I'll, I'll, so, Tom, thank you for that. Or Mark, whatever your name is. Sergio. Mel just walked past. That was a missed opportunity to let her get a word in. Oh, there you go. There you go. I thought she was really impressive, Mel Hopkins. Um, and, and the way she talks about the fact that you, she, she's seen under the hood and she likes what she sees, um, I think that was probably the most persuasive argument of all of everything we saw tonight. She was a great presenter, and I think that, that, that her recently joining Seven gave it great yeah. um, value Seven and underscored, conveniently. Yeah. But it underscored what she was trying to say. I also heard whispers um, that she was the architect of tonight's presentation. Yeah, she was the executive producer. Yeah, so I think largely, great job. I want to make a point that there was a shot from the morning show. Oh, God. No, no, there was that I was cut out of. I was on the morning show one morning. They Not shot, unreasonably. No, no, they shot behind the scenes and I literally saw the shot that I was in and as the camera was pulling away from Larry and Kylie, they cut out before it showed me and I will never forgive Seven for that. <laughs> And if that is not the icing on the seven-up front cake, I do not know what is. Oh, Tim? Well, look, thank you very much for inviting us. So is this officially the crossover episode of yes. Unmade and TV Black Box? Does, does this put us in the same extended universe? Absolutely. Absolutely. The, the TV Black Box Unmade universe? Yes. I. Uh, you just need to teach us how to make money. 
<laughs> and, and, and how to do a podcast. That would be helpful. Well, I, uh, I, I feel I have far more to learn for you on that. <laughs> no, but you, you know how to make money. All right. Don't forget, for more of uh, TV Insights, go to Unmade. It's a great podcast, especially every Monday where they do a wrap of... And newsletter. And newsletter and all the other things that Unmade does. Fuck, I'm giving them a plug. I know, I'm trying to help. But, hey, no, this is my suggestion. Send me a file and we'll put this out on Unmade as well. So I will also add do do drop by to TV Black Box as well. Yeah, come on. Fabulous. Uh, We can be friends in the media industry and uh, (laughs) you, you guys are great. I love what you do. And uh, don't forget, for more TV insights, go to tvblackbox.com.au. It's where people in the industry get their news.